0: Your project? Project.
1: Your Friends, lovers, psychonauts, here we are with the podcast and <laughs> With my man, Mitch Schultz. What's going on, man?
2: What's up, Jungle Brother? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How you doing,
1: man? I'm doing pretty good. So for those of you who have uh, never been on Netflix at all, ever, (laughs) then you may not know that Mitch Schultz is the uh, creator and director of DMT, The Spirit Molecule, which is one of the most wildly successful psychedelic documentaries ever to exist, I'd have to say.
2: It's been a great ride, man. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been cool. It's, it's been three years now. Uh, next week, since the film has been out, and just looking back at that, wow, what an interesting ride! Uh, different people, different corners of the world, and mm-hmm. and you know, now carrying forward into the work that we're doing together. That's so right. It's uh, it's wonderful.
1: That's right. Yeah. And Check part it out of if that if you haven't seen it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah, it's amazing. But now we got a new pony in the race. Wachuma. We do. Yeah. So me and Mitch, you know, we went down, and I've told this story before. I told it on the JRE, and I've told some of it here. But the very first time we went down to see Don Howard at the Spirit Quest Sanctuary, and take this little medicine called Wachuma. We didn't know shit about Wachuma. You know, we didn't know much, but we brought some cameras down there, and we were going to figure it out. And uh, that's what we did. And let the cameras roll, and now we got a documentary out.
2: I know, and it was. It was just kind of like, hey, we're going to feel this thing out. We knew that there was something there. We had a great group of people to come down, go down there with. And it was, it was like, let's just roll the cameras and see what we get. Um, mm-hmm. But what a yeah, pleasantly surprised. I'm happy as hell to get this thing out because this is the first project that I've put out since the Spirit Molecule. Um, and so sitting back down and editing and getting into that space, man, it was great. So yeah thanks for opening that up man. oh what for, sure, man. Up. <laughs> no for sure man no pun intended <laughs> yeah
1: it was a really interesting kind of kind of way that it happened because you know we talked about some ideas but mm-hmm. really when we got down there we just wanted to capture the experience you know we wanted to make sure that we were out of the way you know at least the, on the crew part the crew was out of the way of what mm-hmm. was going on for the most part and we were just there to witness and observe kind of everything that was witness going on allow. witness and <laughs> allow, <laughs> allow baby and allow. that's it <laughs> and um in doing so, we we ended up with this really kind of organic feel to, to what we captured, mm-hmm. you know, this kind of non-invasive um, feel of just being a part of the jungle and of the ceremony itself.
2: One of the great um, things, I think you even said it, this moving meditation, and in some ways that really is what unfolded in the edit room but also what we're getting back from people that mm-hmm. it you know they feel like they're they've been able to go down into the forest and and they could feel the medicine working through it and that to me is probably the best feeling when you when you when you can transfer that into the viewing experience uh for the audience out there and i feel like we kind of captured that essence of that medicine or at least at least a portion of it so yeah it was, sure. it, was it was it was magical man and and, and what a great medicine now uh, seeing how people are responding to this uh-huh. um, and the interest that's starting to pop up. I and I think since you talked on Joe's show. I know. Um, you know, I heard Howard's on Howard. Howard. he's booked, <laughs> he's, booked. <laughs> he's booked through January already.
1: <laughs> <Gosh>. <laughs> you know, and probably after the documentary it's just gonna be mm. it's just gonna be slammed. But we kinda knew that was coming. Yeah. But it's it's an interesting thing. You know, Wachuma comes from a uh, society who lived in a place called Chavine, which is the really the cradle of pre pre Incan Andean civilization. Mm-hmm. And it was a sacrament that they offered, you know, to pilgrims who would come visit and, and people who lived in the area for about a thousand years. And it was a thousand years of peace based on the archaeological records in the area, which, you know, you gotta think has something in great part due to Wachuma, just based on that kind of feeling that we all got, which is aligning ourselves with the greater good and this sense of brother and sisterhood. Yeah. You know, that it, that it co-creates. Um,
2: and it's that direct experience. You know, and I think that um, is kind of what's happening again with psychedelics. But mm-hmm. it's that direct mystical experience where you don't have that in between. You don't have to have, that's Don Howard's whole thing. Mm-hmm. You need to feel this. You need to go through this and make your own decisions as to what this thing is. Um, I'm not going to tell you what it means. And you need to experience it. You feel it. Yeah, he
1: always <laughs> says the, the medicine is the medium, not the message. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just the the conduit, the translator, you know, and so as a to a McLuhan fan, I love that, too. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and uh, and really, really, it felt like that. But so so, what I was getting at, though, is this medicine, you know, thrived for a thousand years and, you know, ayahuasca was around the same time, too. But ayahuasca has kind of that tradition carried on with a lot more tenacity than the Wachuma tradition. I mean, there's a couple of practitioners of, you know, San Pedro, which is what the church kind of came and they rebranded it so that it fit more within their their catholic paradigm but the traditional Wachuma way has largely been lost Mm -hmm. i mean there's don howard and maybe one or two wachumeros out there in the world practicing in the archaic you know ancient shavin way really interesting
2: yeah and it's uh I'm, i'm sitting here trying to figure out or think about you know why that would be you know what what would cause the Wachuma to kind of go out of style, if you will, and, and, and ayahuasca to continue to, to flourish or at least hold on to some some roots and, and kind of come back up. I think all these medicines, though, um, and Wachuma being one of them, or San Pedro, um, is probably of interest to a lot of people and mm-hmm. will probably continue to open up a lot more. It is a little bit tougher to get your hands on, so to speak, and, and be involved in that, but um, it's one of those medicines, as we know, that just really, taps you in. It's yeah. not, not about seeing visions necessarily or this thing, but it's that, it's that. Although you can, being see, you the, can you see, you some, can, some shit, some, you can it's, see some yeah, right. shit. <laughs> Grinch
1: clouds for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> that was real. It was real, everyone. I saw, I saw a cloud that looked like a Grinch. We have pictures. It happened. We, we have pictures. Photographic proof. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, it, but it gives you that you're in the flow, yeah. right? I mean, I think you even mentioned that in the documentary that you are fully aligned with what's going on orally, um, in between you know, the the sounds and the taste and the feel and the everything just aligns. Yeah. Um, and if you're if you're working comfortably with it, man, it, it has some great insights. Absolutely, great insights. I
1: wonder if it has something to do with the location that that it was at. I mean, if you're in the jungle, you know, and and you're gonna you're gonna fuck with the tradition, you know. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're you're Whatever force out there that wants to stop traditional, you know, n- traditional native practices and instill it with your own. And you got a choice. You can either go talk to some people who live in the plains or the coast or the mountains. Or you can fucking sweat it out into the jungle, getting bit by mosquitoes or whatever. I mean, the jungle itself is kind of like this insulation for the ayahuasca practice. Mm. I mean, you got to really beat your way through the bush to get in there and start disrupting, you know, traditions. Whereas if it's something like Wachuma, you're like... Oh, what are these guys doing? It's a beautiful day. Let's go over there. Let's go over there and fuck that thing up that they're doing out there. So, you know, I think maybe the jungle acted as this kind of insulation to the ayahuasca medicine, whereas, you know, the medicine in the mountains or the plains was a lot easier to access.
2: I'd love to be able to try that medicine in the mountains Um, and what that feel is. I mean, just the... Gosh, the loss of humidity or the you know the less humidity has a huge effect on you because you're just saying the sweat, but it also has that like breathing and that that you know going through that water and that earth thing that uh-huh. uh, that we, that was part of that whole ceremonial aspect. But it uh, it's alive in a
1: different way. I know. You know. And it, well, and we got some brothers. Away. We got some brothers down there in the mountains and and uh, carrying the, through for us. The coast. <laughs> yeah. Soldiering Except, up. Yeah,
2: what, now that whole thing is a pilgrimage that, that starts out on the coast, doesn't it? And does it work its way up to mm-hmm. to the sacred uh, spot of the Shabin?
1: Yeah, so starts on the coast in uh, Sikan and Mochi near, um, I think, a place called Chiklaya, where okay. they have these old pyramids. And there they do the Masada of power and the Masada of death. And then they go move on to Shavin de Huantar, and, which is out, I think, more in like the plains, like the, mm-hmm. the foothills of the mountains and uh and then they do you know masada of creativity and the masada of ascension so totally different program than what we saw because if you watch the documentary you'll see it's focused on the the main basic elements Mm -hmm. um water earth and air the lower middle and upper worlds and that was you know an amazing ceremony i've been through that twice now Uh, but it'd be really interesting i i couldn't make it happen (laughs) this time (laughs) to get down there for the pilgrimage but be interesting to feel that different environment and you know and that's you know if you're looking out at the at the world at the possible utopia that could exist and you have this medicine like wachuma that really connects you to your fellow humanity and the earth itself you know like imagine all the beautiful places you could do it you know wow yeah you know, at a waterfall <laughs> at, a, at the top of a mountain at the you know all of these places all over the world if these oppressive forces weren't uh, restricting where we could do it, but it's you what oppressive
2: forces are you talking about? I mean, our own minds. I don't know. <laughs> um,
1: but yeah, it's it's uh, such an interesting medicine. What, what what characterizes that you know that medicine to you? If you were going to describe, you know, personally, what what chuma is for you?
2: Yeah. Um, to me, there's there's this really strong telepathic element to it. Um, and that telepathy comes through the environment and through, through nature, and to me, even more so than ayahuasca does, where even beyond the experience and even coming back home you know, two weeks, a month later, uh, my, my mind's open and mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's picking up on things maybe a second before it happens or minutes or even days. And there just seems to be a wider view of the world, uh, but also a more focused view. And I know that sounds a little paradoxical, but it, it it opens you up and also kind of brings you into this center um, where where that flow is just just right. Um, you know, and compared to the ayahuasca, there is more of a, uh, a cleaning out, and, mm-hmm. and it, as it gets into your little crevices inside of you, that it's holding a certain energetic field or whatever. Um, it, it's more of an emotional thing uh, than the uh, than the uh, than the wachuma. Mm-hmm. The wachuma is more of this man, it's it's ineffable, brother. You yeah, know, how, yeah, do you, yeah, yeah. how do you end up putting the words to it? it it's hard. I, I guess the, the telepathic element to me, I guess, is a big signature. But, you know, for the ayahuasca, it's more of an emotional cleansing and, and kind of cleaning out of old destructive behaviors and, and thought processes and stuff, so
1: yeah it's almost like the ayahuasca is bringing out I think one of the reasons why ayahuasca is so effective and, and that's another documentary that we have Come coming soon. up <laughs> coming because <laughs> we rolled the cameras there for that one of the reasons the ayahuasca is so effective at cleansing is that It's working on both the physical and the psycho-spiritual elements of toxicity that you may have those thought patterns and those things you know the dmt is in there and it's working hard on you know reprogramming that circuitry that's creating these patterns and thought patterns and uh, you know grief pockets and anger pockets and whatever else you have in your psyche you know it's working to release that and connect you with whatever that other thing is out there that dmt connects you with We have a lot of terminology for that but at the same time the vine part you know the copy the cascavel is going through your body and working to eliminate the physical residue of all that as well you know because i really believe in that connection between your thoughts having some you know physical residue whether it's Mm -hmm. happy thoughts having a positive residue or these negative depressive thoughts having uh, a negative residue on your body and it's working on both elements. And I think that's why it's like really the great cleansing medicine mm-hmm. of the world because it's hitting both simultaneously. You're purging everything either out of your ass or your mouth. <laughs> and at the same time, it's cleaning, <clears throat> you know, cleaning, that, cleaning up what's going on in your psyche.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, looking at the two projects now and the two times that we've been down there and now that we're in the edit room with the ayahuasca stuff compared to the Wachuma, the the experience of cutting that <laughs> completely mm-hmm. different story the feel the look there, there are going to be some commonalities there because we're at the same location we're working with a lot of the same people but that signature of the medicine obviously is, is completely different and I, and I think people are going to see that once the film you know the aya part comes out compared to what the watchuma is. Um, just the element too of this kind of that meditative, that moving meditation kind of thing, uh, as mm-hmm. opposed to just getting your ass kicked and cleaned out by, by <laughs> ayahuasca, seeing the emotional dump of everything, uh, past childhood traumas all the way up to whatever's going on currently. But uh, just that difference in between the two edits is, is yeah. fascinating to me, and how that literally the medicine comes through that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So when you're, you know, when you're in that process, like when you were cutting DMT, you know, did you feel? It seems like you know, for someone like yourself who's sensitive, you're really kind of working with the vibration of the construct that you're that that the topic is about, you know, Absolutely. to a certain degree.
2: Absolutely, um, you know, just in the speed and the and the pacing of the let's just say from wachuma to DMT, the DMT experience being so fast and there's so much information and so many things just flying by you and you're trying to just hold on to every little bit that you have just to make yeah, sense of exactly. any of it. Um, and that was something I wanted to try to, to put in to the film, into into DMT. I wanted people to kinda of walk out like, What the fuck just happened to me? Just like you come out of a DMT experience. Right. You know, there's it's it's quick pacing, it's got quick intercuts. Um, and where with Wachuma it was slowed everything down. And being in the edit suite with that one and looking at the time lapse for every, you know, for instance, we wanted to hold on this shot for a long time. Some of the shots were holding on for over a minute. You mm-hmm. know, and I think with DMT we've got, you know 10 frame slices in here this little thing well, you're talking about you're you're like like, a 12 ju.
0: you're talking about a 12 hour
1: experience versus a 12 minute experience mm-hmm. <laughs> <You> <laughs> exactly. so, so it makes well, sense and
2: that's a and that's a good point and and to into you know your original question it, working with those energies it, it's important to to try to embed that into into the pacing of it the story um the colors the every part of it because that will make i think that makes the difference i think that's what people connect to on the other side when they're actually able to watch these and Oh, okay. I've never done that, but I, I kinda get a sense of what that might mm-hmm. be. And it might just open up a pocket of interest and say, Hey, I'll go check that out. See what that's all about. You well, know?
1: Yeah, totally. Oh, and yeah. and you can also see, you know, I think one of the things with the with the Wachuma is you know, the the human biology is designed to connect with fellow humans. And I think mm-hmm. that's one reason why reality television or even any kind of acting that's really good, you know, makes such an impact on people because you that has this impact where you feel like the person on screen yeah empathy. right you just have to have
2: that empathetic and and
1: actually in the neurobiology field they're discovering you know mirror neurons which are specifically designed to mirror the feelings and experience Mm -hmm. of the person that you're connecting with Mm -hmm. so (laughs) (laughs) you have something like wachuma right and you're watching that and You're really getting into these characters and your mirror neurons are firing as you're watching someone on Wachuma. So it's very, very similar to like you're actually on the medicine, you know, because it's like I am now connecting with this person. And even, you know, things that you can't describe, subtle processes that your neurons are picking up on, you know, through the mannerisms, through millions of years of evolution that you couldn't even put words to are happening and i think that's what we're seeing with people who are watching this
2: and i well, that and then also even looking back being on being down there on set and having jason and donald our, our camera crew
1: mm-hmm.
2: they weren't under the under under the influence that first round the
1: first round <laughs> and
2: yeah. talking about some mirroring that's going on they were like brought right in jason's like I'm high right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm feeling it, you know? And and I think it, it was just that, you know, being around that and, and just reflecting that, that energy right back to them and to us. And yeah, it was... It's alive and hopefully that makes it into the media and into the stories and people feel
1: that. So, yeah. Yeah. That's gonna be really interesting. I haven't seen any of the ayahuasca I footage. Yet. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> so that's, gonna, <laughs> that's gonna be really interesting for me because I remember, mm-hmm. you know, watching we had to watch a bunch of cuts of this Wachuma, and every time I would drink the cup, you would see my face just go just shudder <laughs> thinking about it, you know, because there's that kind of reaction like, Oh shit, here we go. And and when you actually drink you really you set yourself almost in a trance and don howard helps do that they put you in a trance so that you know that whole process goes a little smoother but when you're just you know bone you know coming off your regular beta level consciousness you know and you're like oh my god i can't believe i'm drinking that and that much yeah
2: yeah i'm excited for you to come see this next little round um this next week but uh, yeah, yeah um totally different vibe but uh i, I yeah Uh, that'll be that'll
1: be great (laughs) so we talked we've talked you know personally and a little bit on the on the documentary about these medicines as consciousness technologies yeah um and i go around i give a little speech about consciousness technologies but you know in, in your eyes how do you see these fitting into you know a healthy society sure um
2: It's a tough one, obviously, just because of the knee-jerk reaction that's already built into society, and mainly from the 60s and and the LSD. Um, And I noticed a lot of that when I went out to pitch DMT uh, to investors. It's like, well, here, I want to make an independent doc. That's already a hard pitch, but it's about psychedelics. People run the other way. But what I think we're starting to see, and I think this is going to be the biggest... Or maybe the easiest transition for some of this is there's some very substantial healing going on Mm -hmm. people that have post-traumatic stress that have gone through hell and are able to work through that um, or at least get a glimpse of how to work through some of that and when that starts to happen and we start to heal some of these deep traumas not only individually but culturally um i think that starts to open up the eyes a little bit and people are like okay um, this has never worked before. We're trying all these different things to to heal whatever psychological ailment might be with somebody. Um, but with this medicine, people are getting back to some normal normalcy in their lives, whatever that is, but um, just more relaxed, comfortable, integrating these things, as Dr. Dan talks about, mm-hmm. these traumas that have been part of our lives and, and opening up to them and revealing them as opposed to shoving them down. Um, it's going to... It's kind of a double-edged sword as far as what comes first. You know, like, okay, we're going to start seeing this healing. People are going to have to start waking up to that. I think we're starting to see that with some of MAPS research that's Mm -hmm. actually going into, you know, third-round trials, I believe, soon, um, and seeing a lot of this New psychedelic research opening up, and it's it's really based around spirituality and healing, um, and that I think is going to really help make the jump. It's it's not going to be this frivolous. Hey, let's go out and, and get high. It's not gonna it's not going to make this sell so yeah. to speak. And uh, when you start having relatives and family members, uh, friends that you can see the transformation in their eyes, it's not this. Hey, I went out and did this thing, and uh. it's like no, there's a totally different person or, or your true self kind of coming out. Um, we, this is necessary for society. I think it's giving that glimpse of how we can be a better culture and better people, better to each other, better to ourselves. So it's gonna take time. Uh, I think looking back even over the last decade when I kinda of got back into the psychedelic uh, side of things, there wasn't anybody talking about DMT really back then. Joe had talked a little bit about it on, on mm-hmm. a show a long time ago. And besides him and Terrence, that was probably about it over a decade ago. Now we're seeing it in the New York Times. And we're seeing yeah. it all over. And, and that's actually pretty substantial. Um, a decade um, in coming around and turning that quick where we're having... Oh, you had a little bit to do with that. Uh, I, mean, <laughs> I think, I think there, <laughs> Um But th- But that... It's, it's opening up in a, in a pretty broad, broad way, and I think more and more people are coming to it because of the healing aspect.
1: Yeah, I agree. And you're getting not only this kind of these stories that are like little ripples of water in a pond as mm-hmm. one person is transformed and then people can see that around them and they take that in, but you're also getting the hard science with, you know as you mentioned, maps, mm-hmm. the Hefter Institute, uh, all of these different places that are putting out hard scientific data that is really difficult to refute. It's got the safety study element, it's got all of these things, and that's that's really crucial. I think, you know, one thing that I do wanna mention though is there's, as more and more people hear about this and more and more people have transformative experiences, there's going to be people who are offering medicine who are not qualified to offer the medicine, you know? and And we keep calling it medicine, and I think that's a fair analogy, but if it's medicine, then the people who are administering it should be doctors. Yeah. you know and doesn't have, and we're following the analogy here yeah. you know so so if it's medicine the person should be doctors and if they're, they're doctors they need to have that you know great experience that education they have to understand you know the core principles of any medicine and some of those principles are like the principle of minimum effective dose mm-hmm. you know and i think that's something that i've seen personally in, you know, just talking to different people. And, and the bad instances that I've heard is people who don't understand minimum effective dose. That was something that happened to me when I did that combo medicine. Mm, you know, I had yeah, a really yeah. enthusiastic, um, well-meaning, but extremely enthusiastic combo practitioner yeah. who wasn't from any traditional sense, but had done it a lot. And, you know, his body and his girlfriend's body were covered with dots. You know, they, they liked it. And they started me off with 11 points. Whereas every traditional combo practitioner they're like eleven. It's five. Yeah. It's always five. You know, like you don't you don't vary from that. So, wow. the principle of minimum effective dose was lost because the medicine to them had this kind of holy nature. Mm-hmm. It was like this is the holy medicine. So more holy medicine will do a more holy job. Yeah. You know, and if not, that just means you needed to detox more. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, that's bullshit. You know, yep. that's that's a, a logical fallacy of confirmation bias. You know, at the end, and I think you know having that saying like, all right. You know, the medicine you want to give as little as possible to have an effective experience. And also to understand that everything has an LD50. Like everything becomes poison at a certain amount. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. Tylenol kills 980 people a year, you know, but it also cures a lot of fucking fevers (laughs) along the way. You know, I mean, everything. Caffeine has an LD50. Caffeine will kill you. Psychedelics will kill you. Mm -hmm. Like it's not always, it's (laughs) not always medicine. It's medicine in the right dose. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think people get, they get so excited about it that they forget that.
2: That's the key right there, is there, there becomes this like almost zealot nature to it. Like exactly. I have seen the light. Yeah. And I'm
1: gonna show everybody
2: the fucking light, okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but that, it's dangerous. It, it really is. And there's sure. a lot of, there are a lot of issues that are starting to come and open up with that because a lot of practitioners or people that are well-meaning, trying to be practitioners I think a lot of time and not knowing the energy mm-hmm. of that medicine and, and also how, how to deal with people that might be going through some very, very big experiences, that's where people can get lost. And it's important, really important for people to research. If this is something that, that does call you to do your research, go out there and find, ask questions a lot. Mm-hmm. The internet is a great resource. Um, but but just doing your due diligence,
1: right? Absolutely, like, you got to. And then, you know, not only that, so all right, it, let's say you even get the dosing right, but in any good doctor, any good set, situation, there's pre-op and post-op. Yes. You know, this is like <laughs> psychic surgery sure, here, you know, sure. like... Doing ayahuasca is like getting a fucking liver transplant or something. <laughs> like, you know, old bad shit's coming out, new good shit's yeah. coming in, you know. So if you're going to do that, there's pre-op and post-op. You have a fucking checklist. Of what medications are you on? What things are you doing? And the doctor, in this case, could be a shaman or could be just be a practitioner. Doctor looks at that. Oh, is there any conflicts? Okay, you ready? All right, you're not going to want to eat anything because you might blah, blah, blah. And there's this whole pre-op, right? And a psychological
2: evaluation, right? Exactly. Not even just the meds, but Exactly. Like, where are
1: you? Where are you? What's going <laughs> yeah. on? and that's part of the dieta and part of these questionnaires that you see with a great practitioner like don howard i mean these long you know these long forms that you have to fill out and these detailed questions and then the eye of the wizard himself as you arrive and he kind of checks you out you know (laughs) and makes sure that you know as he probes through and whatever kind of means that he has and then there's the post-op you know and i've seen this go i've seen this go terribly wrong and i've seen this go you know really right in a a challenging situation i mean some people even if the setting is right the medicine is right and i we saw this in our last in the last watchuma experience some people are in a state where they're like they're like two tectonic plates that just one little fracking is going to cause a major earthquake you know what i mean like any kind of any kind of probe is going to cause some major shift to happen and that could be too much so you know, down there at Spirit Quest, we had somebody in the second Wachuma session who had that. He kind of became unglued, and everybody managed the situation perfectly. And Don Howard even had one of his main guys, Ramon, who was um, stationed outside of this guy's room the entire night, set up a hammock mm-hmm. outside his room, and was there 24 hours a day in case this guy had any issues. Was, you know There was someone like there, sleeping outside of his door. You know it wasn't just like you know you hear in these bad ayahuasca stories where it's like and they left sent them back to their room and they found them two yeah, days later yeah. you know it was like exactly. there was someone stationed right there and that's how you got to do it just like you would in a hospital you know where you have 24 7 nurses on call if something's you know if something in the procedure didn't go exactly right and I think that's what's so important and it's also one of the reasons why you don't want to scuba dive alone and you don't want to fucking take huge psychedelics alone too. I mean shit can happen, yeah, you know. <laughs> okay. Like like take this shit seriously. It can be amazing medicine. It can save, you know, can save people, may, you know, sometimes lives but sometimes at least a life worth living. But there's there's risks. It's, it's yeah. surgery, you know. And Have it's some something respect. that people
2: should know that the, that these things can be a slippery slope. Um, The integration afterwards, I think, is one of the biggest, biggest things, because when you have these huge experiences and they can be life changing and life changing to where your entire framework for reality is broken down. So you have to piece that thing back together. (laughs) Um, It's not And this. It took me almost five years to do that with my first DMT experience. And I didn't have a context for it or a framework. And that's what I think is starting to happen. These communities are starting to build and we're starting to say, okay, as Westerners, uh, we don't necessarily have this in our mythology. Um, but we're starting to kind of build these communities and these groups. And even the psychedelic community at large is starting to step up and be like, all right, there's some practices here that are important uh, yeah. to make sure that we don't have any major fallouts and things that that happened back in the 60s. This isn't for everybody, but the integration part of coming back and you're like, all right, how do I understand that I just saw full-fledged beings in front of me and they're moving in and out of my body (laughs) and uh, cleaning me out and I'm, it's like how, especially for a Western mind, it's not used to seeing that. Even just that simple little bit um, is is huge and it's something that needs to be paid attention to. Absolutely,
1: you know, if you actually just, Hammering this analogy if you actually just got surgery done, you know, like mm-hmm. Wachuma's is like kind of almost like a heart surgery You know, you're opening <laughs> up your heart and then literally that that's what it feels like is your heart is open to new thoughts new feelings It's yeah. new vulnerability or whatever You know if you actually got a heart surgery in the hospital the doctor would be like, all right, listen no heavy running <laughs> You know, like no heavy exercise yeah. keep your diet clean, you know, don't stress yourself Don't put yourself under a bunch of stress ease back into work mm-hmm. And if you actually got heart surgery you'd be like, yeah, yeah got it like that makes perfect (laughs) sense but you go you go do what you mean you're like i'm fucking superman and you hop back in and you know allow any kind of toxic situations you previously had you just fucking dive back in because you don't have that same respect that you should if it was a real surgery you know and i think that knowledge is spreading like integration is like that post-op recovery time like give yourself a little time and i'm not i'm preaching to myself <laughs> yeah, more than yeah, anything yeah. cuz yeah, i fucking, yeah, same way. <laughs> i dive into the shit sandwich head first and start swimming immediately yeah. you know and and it's been challenging especially after this last experience because i went so deep in, yeah. the, in that ayahuasca experience it was so heavy and i jumped back in so fast yeah. it's been a challenging time for me yeah in yeah. the last in the last few months and
2: that's and, and that's exactly it you know like it, it it can be difficult not only on your psychology but your body and every aspect so you know, pulling back knowing who you are going in slow um it, it it'll be worth it <laughs> just yeah, totally just do it. it'll be worth it so yeah
1: totally for sure, man. So, what else is? Uh, I know you got some other stuff going on. We're, mm-hmm. we're part of the uh, part of the launch of the Wachuma. You can view it in a few places, but um, but one of them is on your new Mythify site.
2: Yeah, um, this is exciting. We've um, you know since I released the Spirit Molecule, been thinking about what's next, right? <laughs> how do we uh, how do we make something as big and even bigger mm-hmm. than we did with that film and. Uh, we want to hit that sophomore slump, but what, what started coming to me, and a lot of times through my psychedelic experiences, is this larger story, um, and part of this was my own personal thing of like, how am I piecing myself back together? Wow, I just had this big experience, um, spiritual awakening in, in many ways, but how am I starting to integrate that back into my life? And so I came up with a kind of a four-part manifesto, kind of a an integrated story where through this kind of pure state of being, you could come to that through meditation, you can come to that through psychedelics, any number of different things. Um, but we have to live in this 3D world. So how are we pulling this back? How are we growing our food? How are we treating animals? How are we treating one another? How are we pulling resources? So the next the next project that'll be coming out will be Ground of Being after the Aya, Aya mm-hmm. film that we're putting out. And then moving on to how are we celebrating that? How are we celebrating that sense of being and being in this world and this amazing space that we have? Burning Man, bitches. Burning Man, right. (laughs) And, you know, music and art and anything that's expressive. You know, how many times, how many people want to express but don't get the opportunity to? It's like, man, go do it. And the last part is really going to this conduit, and how are we sharing our stories? So I saw this as kind of a big overarching narrative, each one of these different sections having a particular documentary to it. But putting together an interactive experience um, that you know you could see on every screen from your mobile device, um, ultimately all the way to the television, and having a socially conscious kind of narrative built around the human story. How are we redefining who we are as a human species? Mm-hmm. And how can we do this in a, in a responsible way, in a healthy way, in a happy way that it's not just for one individual, but for, for hopefully all of us on the planet. Yeah. Um, and that can also open up to this new emer- emerging culture um, mm-hmm. and these new technologies that are opening up to, to help us kind of lube that transition because we are going through a major shift in consciousness. Um, but it's not going to all happen overnight, and it's not going to happen to every individual around the planet overnight. So it's a process. Um, and we we wanted to come up with a platform that, Gave a space for people to come in and explore that and, and feel safe and so the new site beta site is there the new site will be launching uh, later this year so we're really excited about that and um it's going to also have an open source aspect so similar to what we're doing with um with the Wachuma and the Aya mm-hmm. film here is putting out the media putting out not just the hour film or the 45 minute or hour and a half film but all this other content that i think helps tell the story on a bigger broader level Mm -hmm. putting that into the hands of our networks our fans and letting them make their own stories out of Mm -hmm. it and sharing it with the world that this thing starts to splinter and and we we really feel like that open source to media gives people an opportunity to come participate in that story so that's kind of what we're what we're pushing towards and we've been building the last three years and, and ready to get it out this year so
1: Super excited. That's awesome, man. All right, I'm going to finish with two questions. Um, and they're <laughs> questions, you know, people have heard, but I'm interested to ask you, Mitch. If you could have a conversation with three people, any three people from the history of the world, mm. the whole mm. history of the world, who would they be?
2: Um, the first one would, and I, I don't know if it's an individual necessarily, but what was that transition from our evolutionary? predecessor to humanity
1: or to so you want to talk to the human- aliens i already talked to them <laughs> <laughs> in fact they're the ones that asked me to come here today oh, oh yeah. Okay. yeah yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> um, no but what was that what was that transition from our our ancestors are you might try and talk to that person (laughs) and they might try
1: to eat you fight you or
0: fuck you that's That's (laughs) yeah go ahead (laughs) hold my own sometimes (laughs) all right you want a scrap dog i know jujitsu motherfucker you know jujitsu i doubt it i know aubrey it's like he got my back over here (laughs)
2: Um, i've just always been fascinated what like what that evolutionary process is and how we became this thing called human, Uh right? What is that? And so I've wanted to kind of go back into that space. Uh, somebody else, Tesla, one of my favorites, you know, I, uh, still blown away by this man, his, his insights in a lot of the, the horrible things that I think actually happened to him. But his stick to and his, like, this is what I'm doing. And you may not understand what it is, and there's probably still a lot of science that doesn't understand some of that technology. But a fascinating character to me in history. Um, that's two, huh? Mm, got one more. Got mm, yeah, one more. One
1: more. Go deep.
2: I've already talked to a, this person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's actually sitting on the couch back there. <laughs> uh, Steve McDonald, yeah, my business partner. So he'd be that third person, and so I get a regular conversation with him, and he helps right me on. navigate <laughs> the others. <Right> on. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah.
1: Uh, and and a question that you asked enough people. Ah, um, uh, uh,
2: you're flipping it back on me. I love it. Okay. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. If you could provide one message to all the billions of people on the world at the same time, what would it be? <sighs>
2: I would say open up to the possibilities that there is more than just human intelligence on this planet. Um, And that can come through not only other animals, but plant life. I think also getting a broader sense or trying to open up to a broader sense of who we are. Um, And that means like even even that shot from space looking back at planet Earth when we first jumped out to the moon, that kind of ideal and that that. wow it's Mm -hmm. just this little blue thing floating out in big space um i think it's important for us to to pull back and even start looking up you know joe said this and and that simple bit of looking up at the sky can can have a profound effect on us Mm -hmm. um and and also humble you in a way that can help direct your life so i would say open up to these larger possibilities of intelligence Um, and energies around you as well as uh, humbling you know looking up and humbling ourselves Mm -hmm.
1: yeah right on my brother yeah (laughs) well everybody out there please check out our new documentary Uh, you can you can view it at mythify.com m-y-t-h-a-p-h-i Nice. com <laughs> or go to a very cute little domain that i have set up temporarily it's Aubreymark m-a-r-c dot u.s <laughs> <laughs> um and and you can see it there as well just put in your email you can watch it for free if you want to download it there's also a link there too and it's two bucks if you want to download it and, and keep the packages it
2: packages of all these wonderful time yeah. lapses, and, and you got some time lapse and aerial
1: footage packages yeah. on there too that you can play around with so please check that out Check Mitch out as well and uh, keep an eye on the Mythify site because there's going to be some good shit coming out. (laughs) Much love, people. Catch up again soon. Thanks. Peace. Peace.